0: This podcast is sponsored by TenOfThose.com. TenOfThose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. If you've ever said to a friend, I'm praying, then check out Nancy Guthrie's brilliant new book, I'm Praying for You. It challenges the words we use in our prayers and helps us to be praying for people the way that God would want us to be praying. Check it out at TenOfThose.com.
1: Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah and I live in the UK and this is my sister Felicity and she lives in the US. Hello everyone, how are you today Sarah? I'm well thank you and I've got got an exciting biscuit because I've gone back to something we had last series but a step up. Oh. So last series, um, for those who weren't listening along, I just seem to always manage to choose the really bad, cheap ones, including the Jammy Dodger from Aldi, which was not <laughs> to be repeated. But I've gone I've gone back to the Jammy Dodger in, in hope of kind of redemption. From a different different retailer. From from the Jammy Dodger retailer. Oh, okay. And yeah. how does it how does it match up? I mean, what do you think? Well, not as great as I actually remembered it when we were kids, which is a bit disappointing. Um, It's still not got the cream in it. I feel like I'm still searching for the cream inside the biscuit.
0: Is that a true thing, that jammy Dodgers ever had cream in it? I don't know. Is your nostalgia maybe mixing up custard creams and jammy Dodgers?
1: Well, I think I need to go on a search, you know. (laughs) I don't know. I've gone for a trusty
0: chocolate digestive, one of the last in the biscuit tin. And then a classic afternoon Earl Grey, which is funny because it's really hot outside. It's like an English summer's day. And uh, it's only, turns out, the English who would keep drinking a hot cup of tea on a hot day. You offer that to an American yeah. and they think you're a little bit mad. So that's where I'm at. The one drinking a hot drink while everyone else is drinking their iced coffee and iced tea and all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, right. So people just don't really offer you a cup of tea. No, well, people My don't, cup. I mean,
0: yeah, like generally, you don't get offered a cup of tea very often anyway because that's just not the the drink of choice over here. So, huh. yeah, I just keep offering. People still kind of look at me a little weirdly, but keep offering. Okay. <laughs> but okay. We, I was thinking well, while we were chatting all such things, we've been saying all the way through this Two Sisters in a Cup of Tea podcast that we love to drive the word to the heart. And I was thinking, like, what, like, how do we actually do that? Because I would think that we're all – pretty good at reading we're able to read the bible and and understand if not all of it some of what's being said how do you then take it from reading it understanding it and then what does it mean to actually drive it to the heart and I was thinking that I think you're good at this Sarah are you able just to give us some pointers as to how you might do that
1: um, I, I don't know if I'm going to do this or not, but I find it generally very challenging each time I read it. So um, I think James does quite a lot of the work for us because it feels like he applies it very uh, readily to yeah, our art. Yeah. Um, but I guess what, so for example, um, we'll talk about this as we get into the passage, but one question that I quite often um, have um, to think through things is to say, what does it look like not to listen? here Mm. so james has been talking about not just listening but doing yeah um what does that look like if i wasn't to do this What is it like not to listen to what's being asked of me as a follower Mm. of the lord jesus right now and kind of work out the negatives i find that quite helpful kind of um it shows up my heart it shows me where i don't i don't want to obey or i don't want to follow it and where does it grate against me that kind of question i don't know would you
0: yeah, say? no, I think that's, I think that's right. I think probably a first step is actually just giving it some time to think on like this kind of uh, actual yeah. deliberate, just, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to think I'm, I'm quite a fan of the spider diagram. So I kind of tend to do like, well, what do I think this means in different aspects of my life? And then what, exactly that question actually is always a helpful one. Like, what do I not want to believe about this? Like, what do I not like about yeah. it? And that kind of thing. And then actually the positives as well. Like, well, what does it mean if I was to really listen, really do this? what would it change? Like would it change anything about the way yeah. and not just what we do, but also like what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And then what I'm doing. And and often I think the what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling are actually the, the harder ones to kind of come by and dwell on and Because by nature, I I don't know about you, but I'm quite quick. I do know about you, actually. I think we're both quite quick, like, (laughs) want to do stuff and fix things and just kind of get on with it. So stopping and thinking and, okay, how is my mindset changing? How is my heart changing? Those kind of things.
1: That's a spiritual work, isn't it? So actually, we kind of talk about this, but actually we're praying through it as we're thinking through it, aren't we? We're asking the Lord to help us, to give us the wisdom that we need. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's come to that as we think about today's passage, because this is a really uh, challenging as ever, uh, but a good passage. Felicity, why don't you read today's passage for us today? So we're going to be doing chapter two, verses one till 13 today. Okay, here we go.
0: My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favouritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are gonna be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not yet been who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment.
1: I'm struck again, just um twice he's saying, My brothers and sisters, my dear brothers and sisters. So it's just a reminder. He mm. loves them. He's concerned for them. And uh, just a reminder that the context is that he's concerned that they're being double minded and um, that they've got kind of a foot in both camps, so to speak. Yeah. And they're not wholly living out their faith. And um, so, yeah, I just think it's really important to remember that at each point, isn't it? That actually this is a pastoral letter written to people who he cares about and wants to see striving. and um,
0: Live out of it. Really helpful to always have that because then you get to something like verse eight and he says things like, if you show favoritism, you sin. Like it's so straight up, isn't it? Like, oh, to the heart, to the heart. I I just think the thing that really stands out from these first few verses is in a letter that surprisingly doesn't really mention Jesus very much by name. This is one of those times. (laughs) There's one. (laughs) So believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And actually I was thinking that in the ESV, another translation. So we're in the NIV in the ESV. They almost give it a bit more kind of weight because they say, uh, you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And I really love that because I think what he's saying here, glorious Lord Jesus, like King Jesus, this is where the glory is in God's perspective, God's economy, Jesus is glorious. But in the world's eyes, that's not how it looks. But as Christians, we're to look at Jesus and see that he is glorious. And as we see that, as we see as God's king, then as we look at what's going on around us, as we conduct ourselves within our church setting, within the society as a whole, then actually we begin to think in God's way, God's perspective, and we see glory in a different sense to how the world might be seeing it.
1: That's really helpful. And that, like, if you go down to verse five, that is essentially what he's saying, isn't it? Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? And it's like, a, it's a topsy-turvy kingdom, isn't it? Like yeah. that, right there and then we're seeing it completely turned upside, the world completely turn, turned upside down. And as you say, the glorious Lord Jesus never looked glorious on this earth, he yeah. always looked poor in the eyes of the world and he till his very end, wasn't
0: he? And yet he is the king of that kingdom which as those who are rich in faith we inherit. And that
1: yeah. that
0: is a circumstance. Well, it's not circumstantial, is it? It's a, a thing which is not affected by circumstance. So our status in Christ, our riches in Christ are not affected by circumstance. So it doesn't matter whether we're poor or rich, and therefore how we look at the world we shouldn't be categorizing in terms of poor or rich. That's not how Jesus did it. So that's not how we did it. I think that's the context here that James is talking about. That In verse two, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. It seems that in their church, then they seem to be categorizing like, oh, a rich person, you come and sit in the best place. Poor person, you could probably just sit over there. We don't really want to see you. There's that kind of scene going on, isn't there? So James is speaking directly into this notion of favoritism. and and challenging it big time
1: yeah and good on him you know like why wouldn't you challenge that but also like in one sense you can totally understand why they would do that like Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you in the world's eyes that is naturally what happens isn't it um but also he's also pointing out to them that the rich that they are kind of exalting and kind of uh, giving glory to are actually the ones who are exploiting them Uh, So in verse six and seven, that he says, these are the ones who are exploiting you, the ones who are dragging you into court, the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong. Like they have no regard for the Lord Jesus in any kind of way. Mm. Um, And yet they are still seeking to exalt them. So he's calling them out really straight down the line, isn't he? Like there's no messing around here with his language. He is straight onto it. You must not show favoritism. And the motivation is, as you say, back in verse one, because you are believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, like yeah. you are his. And so th- these categories do not matter. They mm-hmm. don't match up to your belonging to him. And he's, I think verse five kind of pushes it even further. And as
0: we show favouritism, as the people us who are just as guilty of it show favouritism, actually, there's a denial of the gospel there, isn't it? Because God has not chosen according to these these ways so if we do then we're kind of denying that God has the best way that this is the best kind of way of the world working so I, yeah. so I think it's quite it's quite heavy isn't it like oh actually favoritism is no light thing if we're going to be no. partial in who we show our favor to then actually that's that's not the way of Christ and I think verse eight really helps there in this, this kind of thing of, well, love your neighbour. That's that's the command, love your neighbour. And neighbour is a universal term. There are no categories within the, within neighbour, are there, in this kind of sense?
1: No, and it also shows, you know, and he's just kind of then pointing out that even further, isn't he, that saying, well, actually, you might think that you're obeying some part of loving your neighbour, but not the other. But he takes just an example of the law and says, well, you can't say you're a law keeper just because you keep one, but not the other. Yeah. And that's and that's the same with favouritism that's the same with loving our neighbours now i can i can show in my actions that i might be loving everyone on the outside but actually if i'm doing something really begrudgingly towards mm. someone in my church family or if i'm like just generally if i'm just not doing it with the right attitude in my heart then like i'm not loving my neighbour there i'm not doing it with purity of heart that the law requires and so i'm still sinning and therefore <laughs> i'm i'm convicted in that aren't i like i'm
0: yeah, yeah. And it and isn't then um, verse 13 really wonderful because mercy triumphs over judgment. Like we have been shown mercy. We are continually showing yeah. mercy. And as we're classic James kind of pattern, isn't it? We read this and we're like, oh, that's me. I see myself in this. Yeah. And then he reminds us not only of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, but also of the mercy that we have through him.
1: Yeah, that's the only place that we can go to in this, isn't it? Because actually you read this slowly and as you say, you start to think, right, well, what does this, how does this actually impact my heart? And you think, well, wow, like I show favoritism the whole time and this is this is awful. And I'm denying the gospel in the ways that I do that. Um, And actually, I can only lean back on God's mercy at that point and go back to the gospel, which we have at the beginning and the end of the Um, passage don't we but I was uh, yeah I was kind of thinking through what does this look like um, for us on the ground Um, and I think just simple things like how do we see people like do we see them as neighbours to be loved do we see them as people made in God's image worthy of Christ's Mm. all-encompassing love or do I see people as an obstacle or a means to an end maybe or a threat or just different and therefore just not worthy of my love like how am I viewing people in my church family or people who come into our church family or I don't know just generally like at the school gate or wherever it is like what judgment I'm am I making that I'm thinking you're not worthy of my time Mm -hmm. and my energy and my resources to love at this point
0: yeah and that is that's really helpful Sarah sort of diagnostic questions to show us where we're we're guilty of this. And I think then the kind of outworking of that. So what does it look like for me to show favoritism? Well, it might not be. I, I wouldn't be probably the person who's directing people to different seats in church, but I might be allocating my time or my prayers or my just thought, even thoughts and care and mm-hmm. consideration and all those things. And you were you were talking earlier a bit about the, the coming out of COVID and what that that might then. Do you want to just ex- just explain a little of what you were thinking?
1: Yeah I thing. just think this is a really crucial time um particularly with as restrictions ease in England and the UK even sorry um and just realizing that the simple thing of a sunny day you're like oh, I want to make the most of this sunny day I mm-hmm. want to see people but actually am I tempted to restrict who I'm seeing you know like the people I really want to see because I've not caught up with them in a person for a year kind of mm. type thing or am I extending my welcome and my hospitality to anyone and everyone in my church family as well as those outside like what what barriers am I putting in the way that um dissuade me from loving yeah everyone equally does that make sense
0: yeah I think that's right isn't it and that that kind of Um, how easily we can begin to just form our own little groups maybe there's a bit of an in crowd and out crowd and you wouldn't think that you're a kind of qualifier for deciding who's in and who's out but actually within our kind of World, who we decide to text, to ring, to invite, to all these kind of things, the people we're not deciding to invite—that's a thing, isn't it? And it's not to say we have to invite everyone. That's not a thing. Every time you have someone over, you have to invite the whole church family.
1: That's not, not legal. <laughs> not legal right now. Don't do that not in the UK. <laughs> good
0: point. Good point. But it's not to say that, isn't it? I think it's more of a heart attitude in. Like, where are we choosing to show our love? Like, are we being partial in who we love and how we love people? And I think that is really challenging to how we, yeah, yeah, what we do with our time and what we do with our energy. Like, energy is is kind of a precious commodity, isn't it? So who are you going to give your energy to in the sense that you're going to, you know, entertain or you're going to talk to or you're going to inquire after? You're going to, they might not be the easiest, but... Yeah, loving them like Jesus loves them.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, I've read a really great book recently, uh, Carolyn Lacey's book on extraordinary hospitality for ordinary people. It's fantastic, and she talks a lot about welcome and hospitality and showing no favouritism in that, and I just think it's gold dust for really thinking through as we come out of COVID and what does it look look like to kind of Mm. live this out. But most importantly, what it looks like to live this out is coming back to the gospel, isn't it, and being motivated by the glorious Lord Jesus and his love in to enable us and kind of spur us on mm. in how we then do that.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? And that The kind of remembering who we are because of what Jesus did, because of his mercy, we are therefore rich in God's eyes. And as yeah. people who are that secure in a heavenly sense, then we don't need to show favourites we don't need to hedge our bets, we don't need to be double-minded in this. We can just, seek to love like Jesus loves show mercy like he does and therefore not show favor in the ways that it's being described here
1: I think the challenge I don't know but like just to finish up on this like I think just the challenge is I each time I read this I see my double-mindedness mm. and my temptation is to go well oh, I just can't do it I can't do what this is asking to do and that's exa- like that is exactly where we get to isn't it yeah And so each time we need God's help, we need to fall back on the mercy of Christ. And we need to say, Lord, today, show me how not to show favoritism. Show me how to love without restriction. Show me how to love as you love and asking for his help in that.
0: Yeah. Shall I do that? Shall I pray for us? Let's. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like prayer (laughs) is the best place to be. Yeah, I know. Father, we praise you so much for the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you you showed us mercy, no favoritism, no partiality, but that because you love us, so we have riches in Christ. And and Father, we pray that as we know that, as we dwell on that, would you help us to um, be those who don't show favoritism? Would we be those who truly do love our neighbor, not with categories or anything, but just as Jesus loves? And we know that we just feel so convicted on this and we don't get it right. And so we pray that as we see that, Would we fall back again on on your grace, on Jesus? Um, And would, would he be the means by which we might be able to be more and more like him in this? Amen. Amen. Ooh, another one where you feel a little like being through the ringer but in a good way a grace in ringer a as well way. as a like you know challenge to the heart <laughs> kind of way
1: yeah it's good isn't it but it is really hard but it's valuable hard stuff going on isn't it in our hearts yeah one to be um, chatting
0: about with people yeah because our show notes have got questions haven't they to help help people have these conversations this one would be a really good one to have a conversation with someone in your in your church family wouldn't it so this might change the way we do welcome our hearts. absolutely i think that's
1: all there is isn't it we need there to go. go so lovely to see you thanks so for listening in and we'll, and see, we'll you see you next, next week. week all right bye bye bye
0: thanks for listening to this episode it's sponsored by 10 check them out for great discounted resources that point to jesus